Hey folks, this is Abel James, and thanks so much for joining us on Fat-Burning Man, where we talk about real food and real results. Why do some select elite athletes constantly improve while others spend years on a plateau? That's a question that's befuddled me for years, but on today's show, we're about to crack the code. You'll learn how to skyrocket your performance, break through that plateau, and shatter your personal bests with CrossFit coach, TV star, and elite athlete, Emily Schramm. Before we get there, here's an update from our latest seven-day challenge in the fat-burning tribe. This first one is from Rebecca H. She says, I enjoyed this challenge. It pushed me out of my comfort zone. I tried out Tai Chi as a way to relax after long 12-hour shifts on my feet. I never thought I could do anything after work, but this felt great. I also tried new workouts, and being more active all week wasn't as hard as I thought. Awesome way to develop a new habit. Janet says, I completed the 7-day fitness challenge, feeling accomplished and ready to keep it going. Here's a non-scale victory. I didn't realize it until I tried it this week, but I can now plank for a minute. That's big for me. That's awesome, Janet. Congratulations. And another Rebecca says, wow, this challenge rocked. It came at the right time for me, and it was a springboard for getting me to the next stage of my progress. I realized that this challenge was the motivation I lacked. I was active but not aggressive. By writing down my plan, I had to decide what I was going to commit to. I also love reading the feed in the fat-burning trap. I've learned so much. I had to buy a new smaller swimsuit. I could lift my daughter's wall beds, and to top it off, I was actually happy to take selfies and share with the tribe. It has been three years since I felt that way. Thank you, Abel and Allison and the awesome members of the tribe. So this is so great. Thank you very much for all of you who wrote in with those comments. And thank you to the members of the tribe. Allison and I love running these challenges. We're looking forward to many more to come. Get our new meal plans and you'll learn why barbecue and chocolate are back on the menu in the tribe. Right now, you can join us for just $1 at fatburningtribe.com. That's fatburningtribe.com. And as always, if you'd like to get some of our content for free with some recipes just to get you started, you can sign up for my newsletter at fatburningman.com and get some goodies too. All right, on to the show with CrossFit coach and reality TV extraordinaire, Emily Schramm. On today's show, you'll learn what to do if you get injured, what it's really like to be an MTV reality star, how to reverse adrenal burnout, how many carbs to eat, especially if you're physically active, and much more. All right, let's go hang out with Emily. All right, folks, Emily Schramm is a CrossFit coach, athlete, and nutritional therapy practitioner in Denver, Colorado. Emily was named Women's Health Magazine's Next Fitness Star, and she tells us to lift heavy, eat bacon, and unleash your inner superhero. I love that. Emily, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's a pleasure. It's great to see you again. Nice to see you as well. Yeah, we uh, had the pleasure of being on a panel together at Paleo FX. And uh, it was it was basically about, I don't even remember what the title was, but it was about the meaning of life, wasn't it? Oh, man, it was like the deepest panel at Paleo FX that yeah. year. It was great. It was pretty rad. And I could tell from what you said on that panel that your emotions run deep. There's a lot there, and I can't wait to dig in. But you actually, uh, we, were, we were just reminiscing about both being on reality shows before we started this interview. You actually started quite young in reality TV and it kind of propelled you into some interesting directions. So can you tell us how, how you got started there? 
Oh, for sure. Yeah. So I was uh, 20 years old. So I was still at my college campus in Missouri. And, you know, I was just, I've always been super restless and I felt like I haven't experienced life very much. I still kind of feel that way. Just like there's got to be something more. And you so I was really, there always <laughs> is. There's never an end. You're, you're so right. And so I was really at that point because I was in Missouri Seriously. and stuck in college. So I just, you know, I accidentally got into a really great conversation with the casting director of real world and it ended up being this really amazing experience where I was just like you know I can either say no because reality TV is crazy or yeah. I can just go with it and so I went with it and it was kind of the launching point of how I found myself and how I got into what I'm doing now and you won a reality show after that <laughs> yeah I did I you know the confirming like you know when I said okay I'm gonna do real world I really said I'm only gonna do real world if I can compete in these challenges right. like post real world and I've always been super competitive and I love watching shows like Ninja Warrior American mm -hmm. Ninja Warriors on my Ninja TV. Warrior. Oh man, that show is so cool. <laughs> so so cool. Yeah. So I you know I did a couple challenges after and it was actually as I got in more shape and really became mm -hmm. aware of my body and dialed in nutrition, I was doing these challenges throughout those that kind of seasons of my life and then I, I ended and I won one so it was just super fun to see that progression and then you know end on a high note obviously that's so cool <laughs> so let's get a little bit deeper into that what's the difference you see so many people who kind of just stay at that amateur level or that weekend warrior level not yeah. as many people who just keep ratcheting it up working on their skills improving themselves yeah. to the extent that they can actually place or win or whatever their competition competition yeah. is dominate it so how do you actually keep leveling up oh man that's a great question and i'm kind of in that process too because just like i was discontent in missouri with like where i was in my life i'm the same with my fitness today so yeah. there you know it's in all aspects of my life and i think that what i found is most people just I mean, it gets super hard. Like there's a point where you just always are hitting the wall and hitting this point where your fitness, if you're going to get to the point that you in your mind think you want to be, mm -hmm. you got to go to some deep, dark places and really have these like come to Jesus moments with yourself. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't like that. That's a very vulnerable place for people to be and it's not comfortable. And so yeah. people instantly shy away from that. And either they change their goal, even though it's really not what they want, they just settle. And so I think that I've just been someone who grew up settling and I, I refuse to do that. So I, I think, you know, it's just part of my drive. But I think if you just are aware that the uncomfortableness is okay and you can push through that you can always get to the next level that you actually want to be at so you mean during the actual workout yeah in all aspects, moments, you know i think like for example yesterday during the workout of course that's like a very literal example mm -hmm. where i do not want to do this workout it's everything that i'm bad at it was like handstand push-ups strict, <laughs> strict every you know everything upper body and i'm like more you know it's just not my jam and so during the workout but even after because after you have this moment you, you see your time mm -hmm. you compare your time you're looking at other people's times and you're like oh i feel so bad about myself right now you know <laughs> you know when you work out you're supposed to leave feeling happy and yeah. all like you know, superwoman. And I just, there's days that that does not happen. And you have to get through those days and not beat yourself up to the point where you quit. Cause that's so easy to do. Like I've done that many times in my life where it's like, okay, it's just not, it's just not meant for me. And you yeah. just have to refuse to accept that. Right. And it, it's definitely a journey and it's a rocky one at every level. Right. Cause a lot of people think once you're fit, everything's easy. You're cruising through every workout. Can you shatter <laughs> that myth? 
for everyone a little bit? Oh my God, this is like literally my workout yesterday. I don't even know. It was just perfect timing. I finished the workout and I I looked at my training partner and I was like, are we getting any better? (laughs) Like, (laughs) I feel so out of shape. And that's the only way that you really can get into that point of Mm -hmm. improvement. Of course, there's exceptions. There's times where you should do things you're good at and you should have that little confidence booster and you should run a 5K if you're a runner and feel great about it. But if you are always doing things you're good at, you will never get better. Mm -hmm. And so I have like done the complete opposite. I'm in this new stamina program which is not my jam at all. And it's these, you know, you know, Murph, do you know the workout Murph? Mm -hmm. It's basically, why don't you explain it? Yeah. Yeah. So Murph is just this really great hero workout that we do in CrossFit that you do on Memorial day usually. And it's a mile run with a weight vest and then a hundred pushups, 200 or a hundred pull-ups, 200 pushups, 300 squats. And then you run a mile again. And just like to give you some reference point of my program right now, my like Murph felt really easy. Like Mm -hmm. that's, the crazy part about this program like my stamina has improved but I still am so not a runner that every day that going through these long workouts and hour-long things it's just tough for me it's just not my jam so I just have to tell myself you know like yes you could do things that make yourself yourself feel good and maybe make you like get a little peacocky and just all that stuff but if you're doing that I'm not going to get to the goal I want and ultimately the goal is just to be a better crossfitter and a better athlete Mm -hmm. because that's that's just like where I'm the happiest how do you define better though every day or or day in day out you know how do do you plan yeah yeah and that's you know the struggle of it is you have to have some sort of tangible Mm -hmm. end result like for me it's a crossfit competition or it's an actual time on a 5k that you might run or it's a number of push-ups that you want to complete in a minute you know there has to be those numbers and means of progress because if not you have this elusive better it's just like when someone comes to me as a train you know hey emily i want you to train me i want to get fit i'm like okay well give me these literal, you know, give me one, two, three, what does fit mean to you? And mm-hmm. just make it as very real as possible to them. Or it's just this never ending fight, which I think we're always going to be in, in some extent. Right. But yeah, there's got to be some sort of, you know, actual progress, because if not, then you're just going to be beating mm-hmm. yourself up because you're never fit enough. Right. <laughs> now, what about if you are on a roll, and then all of a sudden something happens, like you blow out a knee, or you tear your shoulder part or or something happens how do you let's start with what do you do then yeah um so I actually I can just give you another example for myself so I was like on a roll I actually just won the challenge in Thailand I came back and I was like on such a high you know like this is so awesome I'm gonna get so great and so strong and I'm gonna kick ass and CrossFit (laughs) and so I jumped straight back into the gym and I ended up tearing the labrum in my hip and so all this momentum and excitement and just like you know motivation just like completely dropped down so I was so frustrated I didn't understand I was emotional and I realized now the way that happened and the reason that happened was it sounds so cliche, but you really, when you have those life halts and those unexpected twists, Mm -hmm. there's a reason for it. And so if you do, if you are struggling with an injury or if you are struggling with certain 
whatever it might be, issues that are preventing you from getting to the gym, there's usually a reason the universe is trying to tell you something. And mm-hmm. so for me, it was your mobility sucks. You yeah. need to learn a lot more about your anatomy before you're putting yourself into these situations, especially with CrossFit and being mm-hmm. so high intense. And I just, I really had to take a step back and just get in touch with my body and understand that my happiness wasn't going to come from being a better CrossFit athlete. It was going to be, it was coming from me being content with myself, not as a great CrossFit athlete. And so yeah. that, that was a really big thing. So if you are struggling with an injury or if you're having a hard time with stuff, I think that the best thing to do is stop looking across the way and hoping and wishing that you could be there. Mm-hmm. Just like be present, be able to acknowledge something about yourself that you appreciate and that you can enjoy in this moment. Cause that will tie into the next year of your, of your healing and all that progression. Yeah. So what's that? That why for you? Oh man, the why I train? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good well, question. Well, train, because you train differently from other people, right? Like some people, sure. me right now, for example, I'm training mostly recreationally, right? Or, or just that sweet spot of fitness, but I'm not punishing yeah. myself. I'm not really driving it forward. <laughs> You're yeah. kind of gunning for that elite level, which is a totally different game. Yeah. You know, the why for me, it kind of is the same for all things. So mm-hmm. not just my, you know, athletic career, whatever you want to call it, or not just my business and not just like the way I live and function in my day-to-day life. I think it's just kind of goes back to what we talked about in the beginning is that it was so many of us and I see so many of us, maybe it was just the way I grew up, settle and mm-hmm. become comfortable in less. And I refuse to do that. So with every aspect of my life, I just want to be better. And it's kind of a blessing and a curse because (laughs) I, I have a really hard time, you know, like I just said, I have a really hard time just settling and being appreciative of what I have now because I'm so much like there's more, there's always something better. Mm -hmm. Um, but when I am able to physically do that in a workout and push myself in a workout, it gives me the sense of relief that I am immediately doing something that I, you know, I'm doing something to be better. And I feel that I don't know how else to explain it, except Mm -hmm. it's like, it gets rid of anxiety of I'm not doing enough because in all aspects of my life, I don't feel like I'm doing enough or I want to be better. So that workout gives me that, like, you're going to be okay. You put work in today. That's all you can do. And so it ties into like how I am with my businesses and all of that stuff. Yeah, I can totally relate to that when I go too long or I get injured without exercising, I get that kind of rabbit in a cage type feeling. (laughs) And no matter what I'm doing, even if I'm gunning it on something else in my life, I feel like that never really happens. But I found if I break a sweat that day, I feel like I've done something. And it's just, that's, that's the threshold right there. It's like, you don't even have to work out for three hours or do something totally crazy. It's just, you kind of get that one little thing and your body's like, ah, I'm alive. I'm alive. Yeah. Just even if it's for some people, it's just walking outside in the middle Mm -hmm. of their day, you know, they're stuck in work all, all day. And they, you know, might be feeling down about themselves. And I just make, you know, go outside for 10 minutes and just like bask in the sunshine. And it just makes such a difference of how you're going to feel about the rest of the day and how you feel about yourself. Like it's so true. It doesn't take much. It doesn't have to be these crazy Mark workouts in order to get that, (laughs) that that, that same response. (laughs) Yeah. Now let me ask you this though, as a coach specifically of CrossFit, what are some things that you wish you could telepathically just transmit to everyone out there that they'd know when they walk into your gym or your box they could kind of get started right away because there are there's a lot of baggage that people are carrying around, right? A yeah, lot of myths. No. 
So true. You know, and I train a couple, I train CrossFit and then I do some, my clients call it like safe CrossFit. So it's kind of just functional fitness. Um, And I think for women, this is very specific, but I always wish I could teach them that nutrition is just so much more than this control that we've been taught to have. And, you know, calories being a very literal example of calories in, calories out, count calories. You know, if we can control calories, you control your weight. And I think that I wish people just enjoyed the process. There's so many times, like, especially for me that I'm we're so worried about the finished product. They come to the gym because they have a goal. They want to lose weight or they want to get fit or they want to get strong or they're getting, you know, one of my clients is about ready to get married. There's all these end goals. But if they stop worrying so much about the finished result and just enjoy the process of, oh my gosh, I just squatted something I never could squat or, oh my God, I just did a pull up and taking all of the like future away and just being in the moment and listening to their body and appreciating how much, how powerful our body is. I think a lot of times it's hard for people to get out of that mindset of like, I can't even enjoy it because I'm so concerned about the end goal. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that I wish I could shake people a little bit and just like, I understand that you want to get to a goal and I love that passion, but the whole point is just you know, it's the whole, you know, the journey everyone says, but it's true. It's like, if you can't just enjoy the workouts as they come, um, then it's just that bad cycle that we can get into. Yeah. And a lot of people assume that, especially if you are in shape, you always want to do every workout, but it's really not like that. Everybody struggles with just kind of like stumbling in and being like, Oh, all right, here we go. Oh, for sure. No, it's so true. And there's times that you have to listen to that, you know? And so I think for me, what I do is like, if I have a program scheduled or if I have a workout scheduled and my body is either really sore or if I didn't sleep or if I didn't eat well or I traveled, then what I do is I go to the gym and I at least try for 10 minutes to get into the zone. You know, I get on the, I start warming up. I do a couple lifts. I kind of try to see, okay, can my body get through this? And if it's screaming at me and telling me no. Um, and I actually think with the adrenal health piece, there's very obvious cues when your adrenals aren't happy that you need to like learn how to put on the brakes and say, okay, I'm just either going to get on a rower for 10 minutes and leave, mm-hmm. break a little sweat and leave and skip my program and save it for another day. Uh, there's a lot of times I think people just push through and because you know, that's what we're meant to do, right? We're just supposed to push through and suck it up. And I, I refuse to believe that. So as tough as I am on myself, I'm very in tune with my body when mm-hmm. it needs a little bit more TLC. Yeah. So how do you combine those two worlds or those two philosophies where on one side, push through, yeah. work harder, you know, yeah. be better. And yeah. then the other side, listen to your body. Don't push yourself too hard. You know, it, it's so interesting. I, I asked Sean T about this and, and a bunch of different people about this. And everyone kind of has a different opinion. But it has to be somewhere in the middle, right? How, how do you navigate that? Yeah, that's a great question. One, I think it comes from this acknowledgement of what pushing yourself means. So mm-hmm. like if you are comparing it to the person next to you, you will not be on the right track. So for me, it's being very aware of the cues that my body gives me when I'm not feeling my best. And that's hard to find if you're not used to listening to your body or if you're maybe new in this world, you are new in the world of health and fitness. Um, it's very tough to kind of get in touch with that because 
you just, you're not sure. Like, mm-hmm. I just feel tired. I don't want to work out. Does that mean I don't work out? So there is a fine line between figuring out what your body needs and what the world is telling you your body needs yeah. Um, yeah. when you first, first start starting out. But the more you do this and the more you listen and just are aware that, you know, certain things are just like, for example, I can give you a very literal example for me. Yeah. So I've always had hip issues and for a long time, I just thought that that was the way my hips were and I played soccer and I kind of run weird (laughs) and, you know, just like (laughs) chalked it up to that. That's how it was. And when I started this nutritional therapy program, I was very much, I was brought to light that adrenals really tie into so much of our the way our hips move, and so specifically hips, glutes, for women, pelvic floor, there's just a lot there when it mm-hmm. comes to adrenals. And if your adrenals aren't 100%, you will start to get the shift. And of course, this is not in all cases because there's some differences. You know, for people might have different leg lengths for various reasons or accidents or injuries. Mm-hmm. But for me, my leg length would substantially change when my adrenals were not 100%. So wow. I could stand in front of a mirror and watch myself squat and I would shift. And so if I I saw that shift and I could feel basically it translates to me as some serious SI pain. And then I try to push through that workout. It was the, it took me two days to recover from the workout. I would start to get a headache. I was, you know, I was, I would sleep for 10 hours and feel like I slept for two. It was just to the point where I went too far. So for me, what I do is I just listen to the way my body feels and especially for me, the hips. And so my hips start to feel a little achy. And if I'm warming them up and it's not just tightness and the foam roller isn't doing it, uh, then that's when I realize, okay, there's something else, you know, and it's usually during my most stressful weeks, like whether it was the Kickstarter launch I had, or I have this, you know, big production run happening, whatever it is, um, usually ties in. And if I'm really pushing it in my business, then there's times where I have to take a few few notches down for my workout mm-hmm. or I'm going to just hurt myself in the long run. Yeah. I think to some extent it helps if you've gone too far in the past and you have that in your bag of tricks yeah. where you know that that's the wrong way to do it. Because right? oh, like, yeah. there's a, it's a thin line between pushing yourself and denial, right? Oh, it's yeah. like you can still push yourself and be listening to your body. But a lot of people who I've seen who have terrible injuries at some point or burn themselves out or, you know, this this is not the right way to do it. Although some people do survive. They just push push through no matter what. Don't yeah. listen. They block everything out. And that's what allows you to finish a marathon on like broken feet, for example. Right. But that's <laughs> yeah. you have to ask yourself if that's necessarily a good thing. I, what yeah. I do think is a good thing is. When you push yourself, like for example, when I ran marathons, once you start seeing as, as running 30 miles, for example, as, as being really hard, then it resets what's hard for you. So if you dial it back a little bit from that, then everything else is super easy. And you're yeah. like basically across the board. But in order to understand, uh, fasting, I think, is another good, good example where I love fasting in, in short little bits of it. But if you push it too far and you. <laughs> It's terrible. It's like yeah. the worst thing ever. Yeah. But you kind of have to push it too far to understand what it is right. and not see everything as as a silver bullet, right? Yeah, for sure. And so I think, yeah, my goal is for me, I pushed it really hard and I was really in some low hypoadrenal dysfunction mm-hmm. for a long time. And that's how I figured out all of these things like, wow, it's connected to my hips. And maybe signing up for a CrossFit competition was a terrible idea. <laughs> and, it, and it was. And so I think that that's a really good point. And hopefully, you know, just to say like, you know, as much as we should figure out and push a little bit the boundaries, 
that's why there's people like us, right? So we're trying to like prevent people from getting to that dark so. place yeah. because <laughs> we definitely don't want people to run a marathon on broken feet yeah. <laughs> or to, you know, get to that point of too low cortisol where they are having a hard time functioning in day-to-day life. So yeah. um, that's kind of my biggest message right now is with my clients, like how to navigate. Yes, you need to be tough on yourself to mm-hmm. a point. And that's a great point that you said that you have to find that happy balance because I hate the yoga side of fitness where it's just all the time listen to your body because I as much as I love yoga I don't Mm -hmm. think people change their body with yoga and then they're upset about it you know so I feel like there's that balance between yeah you have to balance out the balance too yes (laughs) (laughs) but it's one thing that's helped me is I think there's a difference between not feeling at your best or not wanting to do something or maybe being a little bit tired and knowing that there's something wrong. And you may not know what that thing is. It might be your adrenals, right? That's a squishy one. It's hard to pin yeah. that down. But I know, you know, for example, it was uh, about a week and a half ago. Usually I have monster lifts on Mondays, right? That's when yeah. I do my, my strength-based stuff. And it's a themed day. It's kind of fun or whatever. And I usually just psych myself up to do it. And on that day, I'm just like, ugh, I, I really don't want to. I'm not feeling it. But, you know, I showed up. I still, uh, you know, I get ready to do the squats and then I just, I come down, I go up a couple of times, and normally I can hit a, a very predictable amount of reps. And I just knew that, like, it wasn't happening, yeah. you know? And so I kind of, I, I just stopped that workout. I did something, like, I, I think I took the dog for a walk instead, and just kind of relaxed that day, pushed it out to a couple of days later. And then this week, interestingly, this really surprised me, I had my monster lifts yesterday and crushed it, went like 30% above what I was expecting. And that's the way that it works, right? It's like your body works in those cycles and you have to honor them. Yeah, it's so true. The, The more we shut up and make our mind shut up, the, the better an athlete we will be or a better person we will be because it we have all these cues like mm-hmm. you just have to listen to them it's so true and so it's that gut feeling right it's this feeling that it's a little bit like I could push through this but why and so why you know would it would one day of me not feeling 100% really stop me from getting to that goal yeah. if I did something else and I, I think that's the same with like the balance of foods when you're trying to figure out this like, okay, I don't want to be a hundred percent strict because then I go and binge all the time. Mm-hmm. Like finding that place for you. And some people it's going to be once or twice a week where they tone it back or once or twice a week where they have some sort of treat or cheat or whatever you call it. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad you listen to your body because 30% more is pretty impressive. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the interesting part though. I think it's, it's almost, you know, 30% is kind of arbitrary, but that's the way that I think about it. Like the days that it's not worth doing it is when you'd really have to fight just to get back to your baseline. Yeah, just to maybe get to 90, you know. <laughs> but on the it's for whatever reason, you know, so you have those bad days, but you also have those really good days. And so mm-hmm. on the really good days, just push it a little bit more because it's fun. It's like, wow, I do feel like a superhero right now. Let's, yes. <laughs> Which you know I love. Let's enjoy this. Yes, of course. But let's talk about the other thing that you, you brought up, which is the adrenals. And a lot of people struggle with that without knowing. So how did you get oh. yourself into a pickle and how did you, how'd you get out of it? Yeah, so the pickle was a pretty big pickle because it was kind of ironic because I was in school, so I was learning about adrenal health, which was the main reason for me finding the school is like I don't I don't know anything about adrenals. I know that my clients I'm seeing what they're eating, I'm watching them work out and they're still not losing weight and I don't understand. Like there's something off and I do think that it's more and more prevalent where you see the 
even if it is the right balanced diet and they've played around with macros, there's something still off. And I was just frustrated with my knowledge and lack of knowledge that I had with it. So I was Mm -hmm. in school. I ended up traveling to Patagonia and got some sort of like tooth infection and then came back and just hit this huge wall because it was also during the CrossFit Games Open, which of course I'm just going crazy on. So um, there was just this, I just felt awful. It was just, I felt emotional. That's a big one. It's like, why am I so emotional all of a sudden? Like little things were huge things. I was sleeping a lot and wasn't waking up. I woke up and felt like I... I mean, I probably pushed snooze 30 times, you know, in order to function. And I never felt like I would wake up to like two or three in the afternoon. And then, of course, my workouts were just horrible. It was this constant pushing myself, headaches after. I was having really hard times. My glutes weren't firing. And so I was getting hip shifts and sciatic pain and Mm -hmm. just this mess. And so... I ended up getting like a cortisol panel and seeing actually where my DHEA was, where my cortisol was. And there's a point, you know, for those who might not understand. So with adrenals, your cortisol is really just this amazing thing that we tend to think of as a bad thing. But if it gets to the point where it can't maintain all the stress you're putting on it, it Mm -hmm. drops down. And so now we have too low of cortisol for the way our body is supposed to function. And even little changes in cortisol can feel like a really big change in your day-to-day life. And, And so I really had to just, one, I cut caffeine, which was like the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> it's horrible. Um, Wait, I actually, can I just ask you, how much did you cut it? Like, where did you go from, from to? So just to give you an idea, Abel, I <laughs> started my caffeine addiction at 13 years old. Wow. And I probably have had, I, I grew up, I mean, I worked at Starbucks for eight years. That'll do it, so yeah. T- ten espresso shots was not unusual for me in a day. Wow. It was pretty intense. And I kind of toned back. <laughs> you know, once I got to Colorado, I was like around three or four cups. Okay. Um, or, you know, like around five or six shots of espresso. But yeah. like, And they've got great coffee and... Still- it's been a real deal (laughs) i know let's take a sip Uh, so i ended up switching to decaf first it was the hardest month of my life because i really came became aware of oh my god like without coffee i am a zombie like Mm -hmm. i have depended on this drug for i don't even know how long and so that was really important for me to do as tough as it was and then i just was smart about my workouts i ended up just toning back on the conditioning sets that tend mm-hmm. to put you in that dark place. And I worked on some strength stuff and it took about six months for me to really feel myself again. And there's times where I, you know, if I don't listen to my body, if I feel my hips start to shift or if I feel like my head starts to hurt after a workout, there's a, there's a lot of times where I'm still terrified. Cause like, it's very easy to get to that point where you just push, push, push and are just always giving and you refuse to let your body to rest. And so um, that's another reason why that, that listening to body is so important yeah. because in the workouts I'm doing now, I'm like, you know, this is prime adrenal dysfunction right here. You know, yeah. this is not usually what people do, but I do feel really good. I think that you can heal yourself if you have the right supplements, if you have the right, you know, for me, I, I really am a believer in the right supplementation. And I, I just think that if you factor into the lifestyle changes and really just, trust yourself and trust the practitioner you're working with you can heal but it did take a while (laughs) how long did it take for you you know it's funny i was just thinking about this yesterday because a you know facebook time hop pops up and Mm -hmm. the the crossfit competition i did was kind of it was about a year ago was kind of like my coming back to competing and um i think i did it too soon so i think it was about six months of really 
probably six months of really feeling like, you know, not myself and a little bit off, but still always feeling like I was getting somewhat better. But looking back, like it was emotional. I was going through some big changes with my business. I was, you know, pushing hard in the gym and, you know, just the whole, whole shebang where if I do one thing, I, you know, I just, this time management of where you're going to put your stress has to be very, Mm -hmm. um, like visual for me. So like, if I know this, this week I have a huge thing with my, my MPAC or my superhero challenge, then I need to time my workouts accordingly. I need to maybe add an extra sleep and I need to make sure that I don't overdo even the decaf sometimes can cause some anxiety and some caffeine issues. So it's just, yeah, it's like, I'm super sensitive to it. I don't think everyone's as sensitive as I am to it. My theory. Where's your caffeine now? Um, so I have decaf, which I guess has a little bit. Yeah. Can I get into my weird theory that I've never talked about? Please do. I love weird theories. Okay. So I grew up, you know, for whatever reason, I've had quite a lot of concussions. So I've had about eight, eight serious concussions in my life from various things, whether sports, snowboarding, falling off my bike. Um, my first concussion, I was four. And I think that's actually why my gut. So my gut has always been really off. I, I never figured it out until I turned paleo really what was causing my gut trauma because Mm -hmm. everything I ate or some things I would eat would cause horrible upset and nobody could really figure it out. And so I think the brain trauma actually caused some of that gut trauma. Hmm. And so one of the first things that I looked at when, when you look at food intolerances, it's usually the things that you have the most. And coffee has been, was the one thing in my life I didn't cut out because I cut out grains, I cut out dairy. And when I looked at, oh my God, the coffee I've had since I was 13, why haven't I cut it out? And as soon as I cut it out, it was like a pretty substantial difference for me. So I do think that, you know, the I don't know if you've heard of the RAS study with the brain trauma. Um, cause, yeah, so the gut permeability, I just, I'm fascinated by that. And so I think caffeine is probably a lot more big for me than it is for most people, even sure. though it is a trigger. So some people do fine with green teas and mates and half calf. Um, but for me, cutting it out was like pretty, pretty necessary. So I, I do some, very rarely do I do green tea. Uh, and if I'm traveling, like I love experiencing the culture's coffee. And mm-hmm. so that's like a big thing. But outside of that, I stick with decaf. Yeah. Very interesting. That sounds like quite a journey. Now, let's talk about another piece that kind of hinges on that, I, I guess, a little bit, or at least the adrenals are involved. How are you fueling? Because, uh, you know, some people on paleo, they hear zero carbs all the time, totally ketogenic, even if you're working out yes. super hard. Other people are like, I love rice. And I think you're in the rice camp. I, I definitely yeah, am as well. I so, so let, let's yeah. talk about how to fuel. For sure. So I played around with a lot of things. So when I first started CrossFit and start, first learned about paleo, I was one of those no-carb people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got super lean, but too lean to the point where, especially for women, I lot, you know, you lose your period. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a big sign for people is yeah. like, no, that's not normal. Um, right. So that was like, okay, I need a little bit more carb. And I've always been, you know, I've played around with cyclical ketosis where mm-hmm. I was just timing carbs usually the meal before I worked out and then I'd have about 40 grams after I worked out and stuck with pretty much 60% fat throughout the rest of the day. Uh, and I like that, but I do think now that I'm doing a little bit more stamina. And so my workouts are around two hours a day. I have up my carbohydrates higher than they've been in a very long time. And which is crazy to sound, you know, 
getting to 200 grams of carbs is a really hard thing for me. That's like still yeah. really tough. So I usually, I always felt really good at maintenance around 125 to 150 grams of carbs mm -hmm. with the workouts I was doing. But as workouts increased um, and as intensity increased, I'm trying to get around 200. So that's kind of where I am. But for the most part, as much as I can eat fat, I do because yeah, <laughs> right. um, I, I love it. And I think it's a, such a great fuel source and having that dual fuel source where mm -hmm. you can have the glycogen storages for these intense CrossFit workouts and you're not depleting depleting those because your your adrenals actually will pay for that, mm -hmm. which is maybe a factor in my adrenal issues that I had last year. But then having this fat source where when I do these longer workouts, I'm able to tap into that fat fuel stage, which is awesome. I've found exactly the same thing. And like you, I pushed it too far. I think when you go too low carb, too long, even like the amount of lean that you can get, you realize once you're there is not that great you start yeah. to lose strength you lose energy you lose the will to live in some cases you know well, sure, it's sure. it's not everything is cracked <laughs> up to be but when you combine like you said the uh, the world of being somewhat fat adapted where you're not super low fat you're getting enough of it you can absorb nutrients and that sort of thing and you combine it with topping off your glycogen or at least having some amount in there to, yeah. to fuel your activity not only are my workouts better but i want to work out a lot yes. more which sure. is, uh, it's, a, it's a whole psychological, emotional change that happens when you go away from carbs for a while and then you come back and that, that sweet potato just brings you straight back to life. I love it. <laughs> it's like, <"Whoa!"> <laughs> <laughs> I love sweet potatoes. There's very few people that, you know, come through my online training and they're like, Emily, I can't eat sweet potatoes. I'm like, I can't train you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say. I hear that. <laughs> They're just amazing. You know, and even regular potatoes sometimes. But yes, I agree with that sweet potato statement. <laughs> so you said eating like 200 grams of carbs is hard. Is it emotionally or practically what did you mean? Um, that's a good question. You know, I think it's just hard because it's so anti what I believe in because like mm. adding carbs to every meal, I don't want to have to eat every three hours. Right. And so I'm trying to find that balance as an athlete where I can maintain this fat feeling fat burning state where I am not dependent on food. Cause that was huge for me. You know, emotionally mm -hmm. I've been through eating disorders. I've been through calorie counting. And when you can give up this control that food has, and you can just live because I ate a meal and it's, it's going to, fuel me for hours and hours. I don't even have to think about the meal I'm eating next. That's huge for me. And so yeah. having to be a little bit more conscious of, okay, in order to work out a little bit harder and longer, I have to add a little bit more carb and carbs just don't keep you safe. They don't do what fat does, you know? Right. So it's, it's more timing, it's more work, it's more frequent. And that's a little bit tough for me to adjust to because I would much rather not do that. <laughs> I would much rather just eat two meals, three meals, my fatty ghee coffee or yeah. ghee decaf coffee, um, my MCT oil, and then call it good. But I do know, you know, where I'm at. I'm kind of in that stage where I could either push it really hard and mm -hmm. become a really a much better athlete, or I could stay where I am. And so, of course, I just want to know, you know, okay, if I add a little bit more carb and I adjust this and maybe eat one more meal a day, can I get to the level I want? Yeah. Boy, isn't it so complicated? I love this because you're you're totally right. But also, I, how tall are you? If you don't mind me asking. Eight. Yeah. So you're fairly large, very athletic, when compared to most women who are probably listening to this. So I think it's a great example of someone who's really you're rocking it athletically, <laughs> and you're at the point where you understand 
low carb, you understand uh, clean eating, but at the same time, if you want to keep pushing the performance gains, you need the carbs as fuel. And one of the great advantages of going low carb, it seems to me, is when you can't work out super hard for whatever reason, mm-hmm. you know, if you're injured or you want to lean down like LeBron James did in the off season and, and yeah. things like that. Like it's a, it's a very interesting tool, but as a lifestyle goes, you really need to find that sweet spot for you. You can get away with extra exercising a lot less if you eat fewer carbs, but if you eat more carbs, you might want to exercise more. Yeah. And I just think that's so cool. <laughs> it's so true. And it is like, you know, everyone wants this prescription of mm-hmm. percent of macros, percent of macros, grams of macros. And it's like, and I don't have your genealogy. I don't know your genetics. I don't know your where you come from. I don't know the diets you've been on or how your metabolism is. And all of those things factor into how you do with carbs and how you do with fat. And I think, you know, for me, the huge thing I was, you know, when I first started this paleo journey, I wanted everyone super high fat because I, I felt so great on it. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, all the fat, everybody eat fat, meal plans with fat. And I think some people, you know, the majority of people did great with it. Mm-hmm. And then the majority of people did terrible, you know, not majority, the minority of people did mm-hmm. terrible with it because maybe they didn't have a gallbladder or maybe mm-hmm. they never had fat in their life. And all of a sudden I'm giving them 60% fat. And I was just causing all this like gut trauma because they can't digest and they, right. their gut is distended and bloated. And that leads to a myriad of issues, as you know. And it was just like toning it back and learning like, okay, one, what are your goals? And two, what is your past? What is your history? Do you have any digestive upset or do you have, a, you know, do you know if you do well with this and like really making people think and listen to their body in ways that they're not used to? Right. That's really big for me because you can't just give a prescription to people. You can't just say, this is what you're going to eat. And you can, you know, we can maybe try, but you have to really, it's all about you and how you respond to it. Yeah. And you have to give the agency to them as a coach. You know, you can't do it for them. You want to, yeah, <laughs> but you can't, totally. it all comes back to, to you folks who are listening and actually putting it into your lives. So we could talk all day, Emily, this is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> but before we go, please tell folks where they can find you and some of the cool stuff that you're working on now. I want to hear more about that backpack. For sure. So I'm on Instagram and I'm on emilyshram.com. So Emily Shram is pretty much all my feed except for Twitter, which is mfitmtv because I can't change it, but I will change it one day. <laughs> I got one of those on Twitter too. It's the only one that doesn't match. Yeah. Yeah. Good thing they're going down the tubes. Yes, for sure. Right. <laughs> go Facebook. Uh, anyway. So, yeah, I do these superhero challenges where they're online challenges. They're 21 days, and I teach people about food and all the fun, nerdy things that I I do in my day-to-day life as a practitioner with nutrition. And I also give exercises. So it's this online community that's super fun. Thousands of people from around the world do it. It's just awesome. Um, So that's one of my big pieces of how I train people and how I teach people what I do. It's 21 bucks, so it's super cheap, and it's affordable. Um, You can check it out at emilyshaum.com. And then I also just launched a Kickstarter in January for this backpack turned training bag and it's just this backpack that I have that I was just sick of traveling and not lifting heavy because I'm crazy like that Uh, so I designed a backpack that you take the straps off and you tighten it up to make a pretty much what you would visualize a sandbag to be and you fill these water reservoirs up wherever you are in the ocean in the river in a bathtub in a hotel and it gets up to 55 pounds so it's this really great training bag (laughs) and it's been really fun I'm still on pre-order but we are in production as of last week and it's just it's been awesome so you can check that out on my website as well that's so cool yeah when i was looking at that 
you, you sent over some of the information for this interview and I took a look at it. I'm like, I've never seen that before. That's the best idea of all time. I'm so pumped about it. I use it all the time. It's just like, it was such a solution for something I had. And then mm -hmm. I was like, let's just make this wherever, you know, people are going to love this. Fit people are crazy like me. They, they, <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> we have <laughs> to be. There's so many crazy people like me that would love this. So I'm pretty pumped about it. Well, Emily, that was so great. Please check out Emily's work. Uh, you've got a great social media following too. You're very active there. So, so check her out on social media. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We'll have to have you back again soon. Yeah, it was so great to be here. Thank you for having me. Thanks again for listening to Fat Burning Man. Don't forget, before you go, check out fatburningtribe.com. If you have a question for me that you want answered about how to improve your performance, what to eat for dinner, how to drop fat quickly, how to improve your overall health, or anything else, we answer all of your questions there. So quickly, you can get the first month for just $1 for a limited time. Check it out at fatburningtribe.com. All right, I'll see you there. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Fat Burning Man. If you liked it, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, the podcast app, or wherever else you might be listening to or watching this show. Got a second? Please leave me a quick review on iTunes. I always love hearing from you. And if you think someone else might like and benefit from this free show, please take a second to share it with a friend or with a family member. You can get in touch with me on Twitter at FatBurnMan and Facebook by typing in Abel James or FatBurningMan. Drop me a line anytime. Did you know that I've recorded over 150 episodes of Fat Burning Man, winning four awards in independent media and hitting number one in more than eight countries? And here's some more good news. You can download and listen to every single episode for free. All you have to do is type in fatburningman.com I'll give you a second to type it in fatburningman.com and you'll get all the show notes and video and audio versions for all the past episodes of Fat Burning Man better yet enter your best email at fatburningman.com sign up for my newsletter and I'll even send you a quick start guide to start burning fat right now and a few of our ridiculously tasty recipes as a special thanks for signing up once again, just go to fatburningman.com right now. Enter your best email to get your free fat burning download straight to your inbox and make sure that you never miss a show again. This is Abel James signing off. Thanks so much for listening and have a great week.